1: On today's show, Craig and I are going to break down a great business tool called the Function Accountability Chart. This simple one page diagnostic can help you determine if you have the right people doing the right activities, identify what you should stop doing if you're doing too many things, and help drive a strategic hiring plan instead of shopping when you're hungry, which we all know rarely leads to the best possible outcomes for your company. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Shai. Hey, Craig, I've been thinking a lot about this idea of the difference between really running a business functionally and then being sort of graduating to owning a business. What do you see when you first jump in and work with clients as far as their understanding of that relationship?
2: It's interesting. There seems to be two sets. And one set is where they've started their business and they've held their business completely on their own. They're not really willing to part with any of the functional areas that they maintain. They may have a number of hats on their wall and they change hats all by themselves at different times of day or different situations. And And even though it's driving them crazy, trying to be everything for all clients at all times and grow their business on their own, they really don't have that trust level of letting go and holding other people accountable for things. So they're stuck in that environment, not really knowing which way to expand and how to deal with it. Then there's the other side that I see is the business kind of grew based on pain levels. There's delegation But it's delegation and hiring somebody new just to deal with that hot spot of the moment. And so it's this patchwork and quilt of an organization that kind of evolved without a strategy.
1: Yeah. And, you know, often there's no time for the important work for that strategic thinking, which is why you have this outgrowth. And like you said, it's, it's, oh my gosh, I can't do all these things anymore. I just met somebody that knows how to do this. You're hired. (laughs) Great. You're going to do my marketing now because I just can't do that. I, I have to stop doing some things. And these are all symptoms of this idea of the business owner's trap where all entrepreneurs usually shoot first and ask questions later right so they have this idea they're excited they get started before you know it you have that first client and then in the beginning you're just trying to keep revenue coming in the door so you go out you get that client and you kill yourself to make sure they have a great experience and so of course they tell everybody about your great work so guess what you get more clients and then each client wants something just a little bit different right But you're willing to customize because you want to make them happy. You're bringing revenue in. You're growing your business, right? So your revenue does grow. And guess what? So does your workload until you, because you are primarily in the delivery business, you're the only person that can deliver the product. And then what happens is because you've customized it so much, you can't teach anybody else how to do it. (laughs) So you finally get to that higher But you can't train them because you haven't taken the time to write down what it is that you do to deliver the value. You've over-customized. You're delivering too many things to do many different people. So it becomes almost impossible to delegate. And the worst part is, guess who your clients want to talk to? Do you think they want to talk to the new person you just brought in?
2: It's a continuous evolving process without a plan. It would be like paving a road without a real destination or knowing the on-ramps and off-ramps Not having a plan is a plan for destruction. (laughs) Yeah, that is the
1: truth, right? And so you're just caught in this loop. And usually that's when a business owner will reach out and look to business coaching or look to some kind of business education to figure out, okay, what am I doing wrong here? Because I thought I was building this business. And what I actually have is the worst job I've ever had. (laughs) I'm working harder than I thought I would ever have to. And I thought that I had gotten rid of my boss and I was going to be the boss. But it turns out my customers are the boss. And what do I do now?
2: Where do they go? The hands are in the air. And finally, though, the listening starts, because prior to that, their great idea was so great it even enveloped them.
1: Yeah, and there's so many great resources now, and the accessibility to these resources has never been better. You know, we look at great companies and just great authors that are writing in this space and great educators in this space. And, you know, one of them is Vern Harnish, which many of our listeners may know as being the founder of the Entrepreneurs Organization. I'm sure some of our listeners are members of EO, over 11,000 members worldwide. And Vern, of course, is also the founder and CEO of Gazelles, which is a global executive education and coaching company. And they're all over the world. I mean, they're on six continents. And what they do, like a lot of coaches do, is they help people scale their businesses. And in fact, there's a great book that Vern has put out with his team at Gazelles called Scaling Up. And in Scaling Up, there are many, many tools that are useful for business owners And Craig, I know that you're also a fan of Scaling Up and so many great tools from this book. And the tool we really wanted to focus on today is something called the Functional Accountability Chart.
2: Yes, I like the Functional Accountability Chart in that it puts a structure of thinking in place. As I mentioned, there's a lot of organizations that kind of grew organically, not necessarily with a master plan in place. And this is a great chart to be able to test out where you are today, the organization structure that you have, or the one you'd like to grow to, and see if all of the functions within the business are totally covered. It makes a big difference, and it can be painful. Yeah, it can be really painful.
1: But what I really like about this is, you know, frequently we get caught up on titles and positions, right? And then as the companies grow, we can lose sight of the skills that are needed to get the job done for the various functions that it takes to run the company. So establishing requirements by function helps us understand the what and the why that something is required. And then really think about the types of skills necessary to accomplish the goals of that function well, whether that position is held by an employee outsourced to a contractor or another service provider Or whether it's held still by the person driving the bus, the business owner herself, who all of a sudden finds out that she's really in charge of too many things. And where do we begin to free her time up?
2: That's so typical in an organization's rolling forward and building up. Usually the person that had the idea and foundation of the business really wants to hold on to that and keep that rolling forward. And it takes time to cross over that vision and that implementation into any new person coming into the organization. So a lot of trust has to take place.
1: Absolutely. So this is really a foundational way of seeing, okay, what we're we here to do in the first place. Forget about what we're doing right now. Let's take it back, right? Like, what is the mission? What are we trying to accomplish? And what does this actually look like? And again, decoupling the people from the actual functions helps us take a fresh look at the organization, regardless of where we are. And, you know, you can use this tool, first of all, as a diagnostic, if you want to jump in and try to understand what's working, what isn't working from a human capital strategy standpoint, and what roles is the owner still fulfilling, That may be holding her back from achieving what she really wants to do with the business. But it can also be used as an ongoing tool that you can reference quarterly, annually, or at different intervals that make sense to you to really check on the people strategy and make sure that things are really going the way you want.
2: So Shai, from your perspective and working with some of your clients, what were some of the benefits of working with this kind of chart?
1: You know, Craig, the benefits are amazing and really surprising in a lot of ways. So recently I was working with this mid midsize medical group and they had been growing by acquisition. So they're buying other firms and obviously trying to capitalize on that and trying to optimize their human capital plan. So as they're growing, they're buying new firms, they're getting more resources and they're thinking about streamlining different functions. And then, you know, how do we make sure we have the best possible people Doing the work. And so I came on board to help them create this vision for the new company. And we we started by looking at that and getting them to really think about okay, what resources and capabilities will we need to achieve that vision? And then what we did is we listed out all of the functions that they would need in order to be successful. And we then asked them to, okay, go ahead and put who you think today, right now, today, who's the responsible person for each one of these functions? And the remarkable thing that happened was they had a difference in expectations of which partner they actually thought was running the company. (laughs) You know, I mean – At that time. And wow, did that bring about some interesting conversation, as you might
2: imagine. It's about the time people have to take a break, you know, after that revelation.
1: By the way, this is a very well-respected, very successful, very high-profile medical group. And I think that it's the classic example of brilliant technicians trying to come together and run an entity where their talent and their love and their passion comes from taking care of people. That's why they became doctors. They didn't do that so they could run a business, right? So they're just wonderful at delivery and they love delivery. But the difference between being wonderful at medical services and, of course, being great at building and running a world-class organization, those are just completely different skill sets, of course. And so with one simple exercise, they were able to uncover this major blind spot. And this opened up a whole other discussion about how to resolve not just that issue, But how can we get the functionality right? How can we get the right people in the right seats throughout this organization? And I'll tell you, as we went down each line item, there was other surprises, including, which may be familiar to some of our listeners, some family member conflicts, which is very typical of a small business where, you know, they had family members that were responsible for functions that were just critical to their performance. And these people just were not equipped. They didn't have the training. They didn't have the skills to get that job done.
2: It's so typical in the family environments. There's a tremendous volume of politics and emotions that also lend themselves into the mix. I have to give them credit for reaching out to another set of eyes and ears to come in and help them through the discovery process of what's going on in their business and providing more insight. So that's a major add.
1: Well, you know, to quote the Heath brothers and many before them, you know, taking that outside view is so critical to reduce your bias right, and to help you make better decisions. They found the answers themselves, but they needed someone from the outside to help ask the right questions to help them get
2: there. Mm -hmm. So, Shai, let's talk about how this chart looks and a visual for our listeners. So what I love about this chart is its simplicity.
1: And of course, we will post a copy of this with the blog post where you can go and download it and get right to work if you want to try this exercise. But it's so simple that if you're listening right now, you could actually take out a piece of paper or pop open an Excel spreadsheet right at your desk, and you're going to draw up four columns. And where it starts is column one is the functions where you're going to list the functions of the company. Column two, you're going to list the person accountable for that function. Column three. You're going to list leading indicators, otherwise known as you know maybe key performance indicators, which are different than outcomes, right? It's different than how we know it worked. It's leading indicators. So what are the actions that will tell us if we're on track to receive the result that we want? And interestingly enough, that's what goes in column four, which are the results or outcomes that you want for each of the corresponding functions. So if you can imagine that grid, it's really simple. Again, column one is functions. Column two, person accountable. Column three, key performance indicators. Column four, results or outcomes.
2: I always like when they go through this and they realize that based on the functions such as, you know, head of the company and marketing and sales operations and treasury and so forth. All of a sudden, it's the same person listed (laughs) as the one who's accountable for those functions. Yeah, I mean, that's always the first one.
1: It's always the first one. And even in very mature businesses, we find that this happens, you know, and but it helps us really prioritize and see if that's okay because sometimes it is okay for the stage of growth you're at. But it also helps us with that key strategy question of what do we keep and what do we outsource? What are the opportunities here? Is this function best going to be served by hiring another person? Or is there a service entity that we could partner with that could create more value? So the way you actually use it is you start by listing the functions. And in the template from Gazelles, and we've also included this on our template, is several of the most common functions that companies have. So you start with the head of company who's driving the bus, marketing, R&D, innovation, sales, operations, treasury, et cetera, human capital. So you'll list those functions And then you start by naming the person that's accountable for each function today. And you really want to ask yourself four key questions. And Craig, you already mentioned one of the most important ones, which is, hey, is any person in more than one box? And does someone show up next to more line items than somebody else's? So you may have a business where you have a few people that are in multiple boxes. And so who has the most boxes? Next question would be, what if you have a line item with no name next to it? In other words, Nobody's really watching this right now. Nobody's really fulfilling this role. And how much is that holding us back potentially? And then a very tough question, which is, are you enthusiastic about the person you actually have accountable for each line item?
2: That's got to be a great discussion. (laughs) So many times we have people that are by title in a position, but are they really the accountable person or is there another person that's actually fulfilling the role and doesn't have the title? Lots of great discussions come from this.
1: And there's so many ways to think about this, right? About is this the right person in this role? To me, this is a great opportunity to apply sort of that net promoter score logic. (laughs) So all things being equal, how likely are we to hire this person again, if we had to go out and hire this person again, how likely would we be on a scale of one to 10 to hire them to fulfill this function? And you can see just asking those four key questions can help you do a very quick gap analysis to say, okay, here's a snapshot of what we have today. Are these the right people? Or are we doing too many jobs? And how is that affecting us? Then in the next column, what you want to do is list the leading indicators that you think demonstrate whether the function is being done well or not. So for instance, if you're looking at the marketing function, a leading indicator might be whatever your goals are for your daily channel performance. So maybe you're trying to get a certain number of people in the top of your sales funnel every day, because that's something you could track daily. If you're in the sales function, leads being contacted within one hour, follow-ups completed, Those are things you can actually track and you can tell by percentage how that's being done. And those are good leading indicators. And then we want to also list the results or outcomes. And in listing the results, the difference between that and leading indicators is results are the outcomes you want. Now, you can't control the results. You can control the leading indicators, but you can't control the results. But nevertheless, those are our goals. That's what we want. So we really want to map those to our income statements, balance sheets, Other reports and things that we have that will identify success for each of those things. So marketing, for instance, maybe a result or outcome you want is a certain qualified sales lead ratio that you want to see. So as they're moving down the funnel, you want to see, hey, if marketing is effective, the outcome should be I should have this many qualified leads in the pipeline at any time. And they should be able to do that while keeping our expenses in line at or below budget, which you could see right off of the income statement. If you're in sales, gross revenue might be something that you're looking at as a result that you want. You'll have certain revenue targets, but also gross profit margin to make sure that they're not giving away the farm to get those sales. And naturally, sales conversion ratio might also be an outcome that you would track. So there you have it, you know, on one page, basically all of a sudden you have this complete vision into what's happening in your company.
2: It's a great tool and one that I think everyone should do a download on and take a look, you know, do a test, check out how that fits. And if it looks like this may be very useful, either from having a small staff or a large staff, you know, bring it forward to the people that you work with and take a look at it and fill it out and test the organization, test the structure and where it is today, and then do a model of where you want to take it in the future. The three-year model, the five-year model, at least having those t- templates in place to be able to have something you're striving for and how you want to put structure in place to actually achieve this in a planned fashion rather than a reaction mode.
1: Yeah, this is such a great place to start. And, you know, so many people will start with, well, let's look at the org chart, or they might do something like this and immediately say, okay, we need a new org chart. What you need is to understand the function. What is it we're trying to do? Who's doing it? Is that the right person today? Who's the right person tomorrow? And how will we know if they're getting the results we want? And by doing that, yes, you can, in fact, redesign your org chart, just like Craig is talking about in terms of really thinking of your vision for the future and where you want to go. So it can really help you do those two things. Let's see what's happening today. Let's identify where we want to be in the future And let's map out what it's going to take to make those changes. So there you have it. That's the function accountability chart. It's a great tool. And you can go to our website, businessownersradio.com, download a template for the function accountability chart and give it a try. It'll take you a half an hour to go through this the first time. And I can imagine you'll get all kinds of great insights that'll help you grow your business. And in addition to this great tool, while you're on our site, why not take advantage of our great partnership with Audible.com? Click on the Audible 30-Day Free Trial button, and you can get a free copy of Scaling Up, the great book by Vern Harnish, which has this function accountability chart, as well as a host of other tools that can really help you grow your business. So thanks again for joining us today. I'm Shai Gilad. And I'm Craig Moen. And we'll catch you next time on Business Owners Radio.
0: Thank you for joining us on Business Owners Radio. We hope you enjoyed today's show. As always, you can read more about each episode along with links and offers in the show notes on our website, businessownersradio.com. We want to hear your feedback. Please leave comments on this show or suggestions for upcoming episodes. Tell your fellow business owners about the show. And, of course, you would love the stars and comments on iTunes. Till next time, keep taking care of business.